0: Blog Talk Radio to another edition of the Brown Bag. I'm your host, MTB. Hey, we're super excited about our show today. Follow us on Twitter, at MTBrown98, or at our Facebook or LinkedIn page under my name, Michael T. Brown. Hey, Mike, you talk about longevity. This young man we've got coming on today, 13 years in NFL, never missed a single game. Isn't that crazy?
1: Man, it's amazing, man. Talk about worth that, man. Yeah. (laughs) That's pretty awesome, and um, involved with a lot of other great things, too. So that's just amazing to see that someone of his caliber is involved with the community as well as reaching out to people.
0: Well, you know, Mike, that's what our program is all about. We want to give those around us the opportunity and the platform to let their voice be heard, and um, we're super excited. Why don't you go ahead and introduce Markets for us?
1: Marcus Raymond Patton is a former professional football player who was selected by the Buffalo Bills in the eighth round of the 1990 NFL Draft from UCLA Patton played in 13 NFL seasons from 1990 to 2002 for the Buffalo Bills the Washington Redskins and the Kansas City Chiefs Patton never missed a regular season game in his entire career after earning a full-time starting role on his fourth season with the Bills he started all but three games in the remainder of his career. Currently, Patton resides in Northern Virginia and is an entrepreneur that owns sports-themed restaurants in Northern Virginia, one of which is Lucky Sports Theater and Grill in Springfield and the All-American Steakhouse in Woodbridge. Patton and his wife also created a children's apparel and book company, Girls Like Math. Girls Like Math boasts a product line that promotes positive images for girls and challenges gender stereotypes with fun, hip clothing, and entertaining books and games. Patton is also passionate about giving back to youth through motivational speaking and various other charitable causes.
0: Hey, Marcus, welcome to the Brown Bag. We are super excited to have you on, brother.
2: I'm super excited to be here. Thank you for having me, man. Thank you for having me.
0: Oh, man, what a blessing. Hey, Marcus, we're glad to have you on today, and we definitely want to discuss your playing career, and we've got a lot to talk to you about. Um, but before we do that, give our audience a sense of how it all got started for you. Tell us about what life was like growing up in Los Angeles.
2: Well, uh, you know, just uh, I guess a somewhat ordinary childhood up, up until, um, I guess, when I was nine years old, my- father was killed in the line of duty uh he was a los angeles police officer a detective undercover detective and he was killed in the line of duty so at that point um obviously my mom uh, raised me and she obviously became a mother and father to me uh and you know i credit you know a lot of um you know what i've become and who i am uh, to my mother you know she's very strong woman Uh, raised me never wanted for much of anything you know we never didn't grow up with much but uh we never wanted anything i i once again you know all credit for everything i've done always goes back to my mother and my upbringing my family as well uh but uh like i said just an ordinary childhood you know after that uh you know i have a uh, older sister uh and then surrounded by um cousins and aunts and uncles, um, you know, that uh, you know, really we have a really strong family tie. Uh and then uh you
0: know, just grew up uh
2: you know, just like I said, just a just a or, or, ordinary childhood. You know, ordinary childhood.
0: Wow, I I can imagine, um when that happened at the age of nine, uh that that had to be uh, pretty devastating. I'm sure you at nine you still have memories of your dad. Talk about how you transitioned, how how that plays into motivation for you today, your memory, and honoring your dad. Talk a little bit about that.
2: Well, you know what uh, what happens at, at a young age. You know, obviously that it was very devastating but um once again with the the strength of uh, you know my mother and then the, you know the strong family ties you know my mother comes from family she has uh, uh two two brothers and uh four sisters so we have a have a pretty large extended family uh mm-hmm. all in Los Angeles and so we were very um uh, very close we grew up very close you know my cousins uh all the the cousins we have uh you know are like brothers uh, and sisters to me, so uh, we were very close. So that kind of strengthened uh, any loss that uh, uh, that that I experienced, uh, and and so it's kind of like I said. That that's what kind of I can I can focus on and point to that kind of gave me the strength to um, kind of persevere and go through you know the different things you go through in childhood. Uh, and I grew up in Los Angeles. too. one thing about uh, Los Angeles in the seventies uh, and eighties, I don't know. If you guys are familiar with it, but it's you know it was a gang, it, it, it was a very gang-infested LA. You know, just different parts, obviously. And we did grow up. I grew up in a Crip neighborhood and went to a Crip and Blood uh, Crip school, and then went to a Blood school. Uh, you know, um, Crip. I don't. I don't know if you're familiar with the Crips and Bloods, but you know, at that time it was it, it, it was a. Um, uh, a situation where you had to be careful where you went at all times. You had to be careful what you wore at all times. You wear the wrong color, you can get in trouble. So, um, you know. But once again, the strength of um, you know my mother, I point to number one. But then also my extended family kind of helps you get through those things. Uh, and then I point to like you're saying the the strength of uh, or the memory of my father. You know, just to kind of give me some strength. You know, he was a strong man. You know, once again, a, a police officer, uh, and actually, he was studying. He would always wanted to go to law school, and and uh, you know, I, I've always heard stories from different people. say so he he always wanted to go to law school and and become a lawyer. And he was in the process of beginning to do that, beginning to go to law school, and and wow. I guess from a from a young age. I've always said I wanted to be a lawyer, and I guess that stems from that, either me knowing that about him subconsciously or what have you. But it kind of, kind of goes back to that because I've always—that's what I was actually gonna go to school for to become a lawyer. I was a political science major at UCLA, so uh, you know, so that you know, once again, that like you alluding to the memory of my father, kind of also provides me some strength to kind of me along the way uh, uh, in my life.
0: Yeah, and obviously, what a legacy he left behind. I mean, you think about him literally uh, giving his life in the line of duty, trying to help and protect others. Um, that's powerful. That's a powerful legacy there. Marcus, you managed to stay away from a lot of the negative influences like crime and gangs that surrounded you at that time. Now, I can imagine that there were plenty of things in that city that could have pulled you into the wrong direction. Help somebody out out there. How would you say you managed to avoid some of those pitfalls? And you talked about the strength of your family and that's that's so critical. But let's go back to those days where maybe there was an opportunity where you could have went left or went right and you decided to go the right way. What were some of those influences or maybe some people you want to shout out that Help keep you on that right road
2: well, you know um once again, you know, all praise goes to my mother, you know and then once again my then my family you know it is interesting uh I have you know numerous cousins uh you know I have two cousins that are in jail now, you know one that uh one of my cousins, the closest cousin uh we were like brothers for years if you saw him you saw me if you saw uh me you saw him uh he's in jail now doing you know uh, i don't know what year of what of 30 years uh so i you know i it was all around me. but i never wanted to, i never wanted that number one i i never just personally i don't remember ever ever being uh wanting to uh you know, run the streets or, or just do any of the things that could get you in trouble. Once again, number two, you know, my mother wasn't playing that. You know, about of mine, she didn't. She, she didn't play that. Like I said, I pointed the strength of, of my mother and in my family, she wasn't playing that. So, uh, you know, that that you know, number one, that's going to keep you you know the the family. Uh, the family is, is the biggest influence on children, kids to a certain age. Then yeah. after that. You know, they make their own decisions. So early on, you know, and I believe this too, uh, you have to really uh, hone into your kids and kind of really drill down your values and what you believe and what how things should be and what you think. Because at a certain point, you are no longer, as a parent, you're no longer going to have the biggest influence on your kid. It's going to be his surroundings. So although I was surrounded, I mean, I, like I said, I have cousins, friends, and family that have all, I, uh, that have all, been in jail, or some still in jail, yet I, didn't, I did not want that for me. And once again, that influence comes early on in your life by your parents kind of instilling values, uh, ethics in you to, uh, you know, to kind of focus you on what you should want or what you should be looking for in life. So, you know, if I said, like, once again, if I, if I would have to answer specifically what uh, kept me away from that, you know, it was my want or, or, or things that I wanted in life and in the future and, once again, brought up on by, uh, uh, by my mother and her
0: values. Yeah, I think you're helping somebody right now, Marcus, and, I, and I'm glad you're doing it unapologetically, pointing to the need of having strong families. You want your children to do well. In many ways, that's the, the elephant in the room. I love the scripture that says uh, train up a child in the way that he or she should go. When they're old or the age of maturity, if you will, they won't depart from it. And uh, obviously, yeah. your family's had a strong influence on you. And wow, what a mom you had! Now, yeah, tell me a little bit about her. I, I understand that she's a she played football herself. Tell us about that.
2: Exactly, exactly. She played football. Yeah, she was a she played. A... They had a women's professional league, and they still have them now. Honestly, we—I was just yeah. on the phone with her um, a couple weeks ago, and we were talking about it because uh, I have a at one of my uh, at one of my restaurants. One of my managers played, and I had introduced the manager to uh, my mom when she came in town at one point. And then uh, we were just talking about it, and uh, uh, and then uh, there was a—I was watching a game, and there was a player, uh, NFL player, whose mom played football. So we just got to talking about it, and then I ended up looking it up, and there's plenty of leagues and teams all over the, the United States. Obviously with women's football is a little it's not as uh not as popular obviously as a men's game, but there's leagues and women's teams all over the United States and, and yeah, you know, she played um I forget exactly when she started playing. She played a couple years when I was young, but we would go to practices and once again the cousin one of the cousins I, I, I spoke of uh, saying that's in jail now he we would go to practices with her and games games with her and you know, that was a big and, it influence, uh, once again, not just on my values, but even, you know, what I chose to end up doing, you know, end up playing professional football, uh, once again, part of it is because of her. Uh, yeah, I mean, the strength of, of your mom, you know, my mom is a very strong woman. She's always there for me, always has been. Uh, and, you know, and I, I would say, you know, just kind of go back a little bit. You know, I always hear uh, you hear about uh, young boys Getting in, in trouble or people getting in trouble because not having the, the father in the home, and that is true to a certain extent. But uh, your your mother or just one parent can have a strong, uh, a big influence on you if they choose to, if they so choose to, and if they work at it. I mean, and you know, once again, I grew up in gang-riddled Los Angeles without a father. Wow! Um, you know, from that from the age of nine, yet uh, you know, I was. You know, all the my, my mother was my mother and father, and everything yeah. I could have wanted from a father, you know, to a certain extent, I got from my mother. You know, so it was a, you know, so I, I do say obviously there is a need in, in family life for the fathers, but um, you know, your mother and other family members can help uh, uh, kind of comfort and, and cover that for you. You know,
0: yeah, that village mentality. Big shout out to all the single moms out there that are holding it down. I tell you, man, the strength of the women of our our community, I mean, unparalleled, unparalleled. Let's talk a little bit about um, your transition into the football world. Now, I understand that you went to UCLA not for sports but for academics. Talk about that and how you walked on and tried out, and that, that led you to your professional career. When did you know you wanted to play pro sports?
2: No, I can't. I, I don't really remember exactly. Obviously, you know, as a young kid, you 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 know, you watch a football game, baseball, basketball. You you may choose a sport. And say, oh, I want to do, you know, I want to be a professional football player when I grow up. I want to, you know, I, I've always may, maybe said that, but I, you know, you can ask family members. I've always also said I, I want to be a lawyer. Once again, I think it's because of maybe the memory of my father subconsciously yeah. what I heard growing up or something to that extent. But. Uh, you know, uh, I uh, uh, so I, I don't really remember, but obviously when I was a kid, you know, I collected football cards like they used to do. I don't know if they do it as much anymore, but collected the football cards and, and, and watched football games. And then once again, my mother playing football would go to practices with her. So you know, it started obviously from a young age. I, I don't remember when. Uh, yeah, but then. Like you said, um, you know, growing up, you know, I, I always tried to do well. I, I speak to kids often. Uh, I talk to uh, different kids, uh, football player, uh football teams. I just spoke to a team in Richmond uh, just a week ago, uh, and, I, and I try to talk to kids and tell them that, you know, anything you, know, anything you believe you can achieve, you know. And yeah. with me, you know, I, I tell kids that I um, – I went to, uh, UC, I, well, first growing up, you know, I always tried to do well in school. I went to the school, and I wasn't any smarter than anyone else, but I always tried to do as well as I can do in the classroom. You know, once again, probably coming from mom saying, hey, you know, do, do your work, you know, get it done. But mm-hmm. I always uh, always tried to do as well as I could in the classroom, and I always did well in the classroom. I, you know, ended up, ended high school with a 3.9. GPA. Wow. Uh I think I finished like, fifth or sixth in, in my class. Uh, and I um, actually applied to UCLA uh, because I always wanted to go to UCLA. Uh, you know, I like the Bruin football team, the, the uniforms and everything, but I always wanted to go to UCLA. <laughs> so I applied to UCLA academically and was accepted. I think I was one of the first in the school to get a, get a letter of acceptance for, you know, academically.
1: Wow, uh, and
2: and that's what I did. And I had just planned on you know I had success in high school playing. I was all com- conference football player, uh, defensive football player the year of our conference. Uh, our team went to the playoffs my senior year. Uh I had some success, but I was a smaller guy. You know I didn't, and our team wasn't very good. Like I said, we went to the playoffs one year, but we weren't a very good team, well known. So I never I was recruited by some smaller schools, San Diego State and uh, like Cal State, uh, Long Beach or whatever, but I wasn't recruited nationally. And I always wanted to go to UCLA, so I just decided to go there academically, apply and go to accept it, and decided not to uh, – I wasn't going to pursue my professional or, or uh, my college football career, but um, my high school coach said, hey, you know, you're a great player. Are you, I heard you going to UCLA. Are you – do you plan on trying to play football? I was like, I told him, no, I'm not going to play. Just go to school. Wow. <laughs> Yeah, he said, I think you should play. Uh, then I just, just – uh, so he said, I'll get in contact with someone there. He sent some film up there. They invited me up to come up. Uh, and they said, hey, well, we don't have any – you're a great player. You, you, we'd love to have you on the team. We don't have any scholarships now. This was late in the year. This was, you know, towards the end of uh, my senior year. And we don't have any scholarships now, but we'd love to have you on the team. And, and that's what I did. So I just – I said, yeah, I'll play. So I ended up walking on. And uh, you know the rest of his history I had a pretty good uh, college career, and uh, you know that's how it you worked. But your I, senior you know year it all college? stemmed from my academics.
0: Oh wow! Now, you, did you did I hear you right? You walked on UCLA your senior year in college?
2: No, no, no. You- my senior my senior year, my senior year in, uh, in, in high school is when okay. they contacted UCLA, and you know, first year, and then I, I, since I was accepted. Uh, there I just, just walked on as a, you know, as a, as a walk on as a student, you know, from a student, just walked on that first year.
0: Now, did you eventually get a scholarship? Well, okay. actually, yeah,
2: I didn't. I was offered a scholarship after my freshman year, but I decided not to accept it because I was, uh, I, had a, I had a scholarship through the police department for my, uh, because my father was killed in the line of duty and I had a, a certain grade point average. They paid for all of my school. Oh wow! So actually, I never wow. did. It's interesting. I never did accept the. Uh, that never did accept the uh, athletic scholarship from UCLA, which I kind of, I guess, I helped them out. I should call them and you know, hey, you know, I helped you guys out a little bit. But yeah, uh, I helped them out because then they can use that scholarship for someone else. Because I never accepted it because I was having uh, all my school and books and everything, even extra monies that I had everything paid for and taken care of from. Um, from
0: uh, the Los Angeles Police Department, and I think we're helping a lot of parents out there um, to see that you know not only can the athletic field pay for school, but hard work in the classroom can as well. I never seen anybody uh, you know tear an ACL in the classroom, but on the on the field, you know, that's <laughs> much more likely to. Yeah.
1: Hey, Marcus, I think we may have lost Michael, and you may have to call back in. Mike, if you can hear me, um, just um, know that you probably need to reconnect, because we can't hear you at the moment. Yeah. Okay, I think he's going to go ahead and do that. And um, while we're waiting for him, um, you know, you you talked a little bit about coming up on – and gang-infested um, Los Angeles, and um, even after being in school, when when you saw all of that going on, and you understood what you know probably happened with your father, did you know whether or not your father was killed because of any type of um, gang violence himself, or the investigation that yeah, he no, happened to be on?
2: Yeah, no, yeah, we know exactly. He was actually he was an undercover narcotics agent, and uh, mm-hmm. you know he was going in to. Uh, and, and it was in an area near where I lived, but he was going in on a on a drug on a drug raid and and was uh, oh.
1: shot.
2: several times. Wow. But yeah, it wasn't it wasn't gang related, no.
1: And was this something that was also what you were hoping to become as well? Um, possibly you went into you said you thought about law school, but did you think of law enforcement as well, and maybe taking the same path as he?
2: No, I never did. No, I never did. I uh, once again, like I said, I had, I had dreams, aspirations of becoming a big time, powerful corporate lawyer. That's that's always. I don't know where. It, once again, I I don't know where. It is, <laughs> but those are my early memories of. I always wanted to be a lawyer, and it was always corporate law. When you ask me, as you know, as I got a little bit older, I don't think I was thinking corporate law at nine years old, but uh, uh, nine or ten. But I think uh, as 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 I got older, and and once again, deciding in high in in. Maybe junior high, high school. That you know, I, I, I like that. Lost, lost in thinking you know, possibly go to law school and become a lawyer. It was always corporate law. And I had had dreams and aspirations of becoming a big time corporate lawyer.
1: So, what brought you to um, you know starting your own businesses and um, going in that direction?
2: Oh, that well, that. Uh, that uh it's probably you know just you know you're looking around trying to figure out some things to do with your with your money uh you know
1: <laughs> I, initially
2: it become an, i was an investor in the restaurants uh, uh more so than actually running them i had but one who was uh, uh uh running the business for me, and things went went south on that so it just started to run. I do have some partners in a couple of the restaurants but uh, it was just something. Uh, once again, just deciding on, you know, trying to figure out what you're going to do after you finish playing, or, or uh, you know, then as an investment, and then it kind of morphed into, hey, this is uh, this is my
1: career right now. Now, um, you're in your career. You, you paid for a number of years, and you had the honor to be on a number of um, Super Bowl teams as well. Is that correct?
2: Yes, yes. I was with the uh, Buffalo Bills. Old, that early run in the early nineties, uh, the run of the Buffalo Bills where we went to four straight Super Bowls. Uh yeah, I was almost I was drafted to the Bills in, in nineteen ninety and that first year we uh we ended up, you know, a great team, you know, some great people, great players on the team, uh and uh, a lot of talent and uh you know, we just have uh i I mean it it was a great, great just the whole thing, uh was just a great organization, and it's, and so we end up. Well, we end up playing in four Super Bowls. Unfortunately, the 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 bad part, or the if you could say that, is that you don't win one. And as a player, you know, I talk to people all the time. and said, "Man, you went to four Super Bowls. Oh, that's great. I mean, you got, it's great, but it, it, it's 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 hell afterwards because you still as a player, you're competitive. You always want to win a Super Bowl. That's what you play for to win a Super Bowl and to go to those." four Super Bowls and not not win it kinda of, it really that still bothers you sometimes. You still want to get out there like, man, if I could have won just one of those Super Bowls, it would make things all right. But but it was a great it was it was great to be on those teams, a great honor and and we had fun, a lot of hard work, but it it was fun. Definitely great fun. But once again I still wish you could have won one of those
0: uh, one of those Super Bowls.
1: <laughs> and Michael, I think we got you back now. Are you there? Yeah.
0: Yeah, I think I'm back now. Appreciate you pinch hitting for me there, Mike. You're a constant uh, professional.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> I appreciate it. Hey Marcus, let me ask you, let's dig into that thirteen years, never missed a single game. Now that's a that's a an amazing feat. Talk about what that means to do that on that level. I'm sure you had to play a lot with injuries in order to do that. Um, talk about what it takes to have that type of longevity in such a brutal sport.
2: Uh, yeah, well, you know, once again, you know, I, I always say I was blessed, you know, number one, you know, because anything can happen when you're playing. I mean, you, you know, things, and, and actually my rookie year, uh, someone actually did I in the, in the playoffs. We were in the playoffs, once again, with the Bills, and uh, someone did uh, on a kickoff. I was on kick uh, kickoff return. And someone fell into my leg and ended up breaking my leg. It was just a clean break; never had, didn't have to have any surgeries or anything like that. Just threw a cast on it, and, and so I, you know I did miss the playoffs that year. But you know that was the major; that was the only major injury I had. And so once again, those thirteen years, you know, I, I, I was blessed. You know, because anything can happen. You know, no matter what you do, you know, no matter how how you play, anything can happen. But at the, then, once again, so after that, you know, it's also hard work. You have to work out. I, I prided myself on, on staying in the best best shape possible at all times. You know, uh, once again, I when I went to the Bills, the Bills were a veteran team. When I went there as a rookie and I learned a lot, you know, I was an eighth round draft pick. I didn't, you know, probably people didn't even expect me to make the team, uh, but I ended up making the team. And you had a lot of veterans around you. One thing they tell you, and you see it with that team, that's one reason why we were so successful that they tell you, never get out of shape you know we had guys like uh James Lofton Bruce Smith uh, uh Daryl Talley they never got out of shape you know off season in season he never got out of shape the guys worked out and worked hard and and James Lofton I would credit him he, he's a hall of fame receiver he would I would work out with him in Los Angeles during the off season he'd say hey I only take a week off you know once the season's over no matter what happens what do we Go to the playoffs uh, or don't or, or whatever. I take about a week off, and then I start working out again. You know, and it's not full. You know, it's not the full in-season workout that you would have, but it's a he starts to work out uh, because he never gets his body out of shape. And I think that is uh, one of the things that contributed to me being able to play I have a long career is you uh, know you know never getting out of shape. Back in the day, you had guys that were during the off-season kind of just let themselves go and then, you know, try to pick up, you know, maybe two or three months before the season starts, uh, start to work out and try to get in shape. Well, you know, if you did that, you know, typically you would end up hurt or injured at some point, you know. But once again, I I, I, uh, I, I constantly stayed in shape, constantly worked out, ran, lifted, did everything, just thought in and everything to keep myself in shape. So those are the, you know that that's the big factor, biggest factor uh, of of um, why I was able to play uh, such a long career and not sustain any major injuries, and a little bit of luck too. You know, honestly, you gotta be lucky. You got uh, I have to throw. I always throw that in there too, because you gotta be a little bit lucky
0: too. Yeah. Now let me ask you. Obviously, the four Super Bowls are highlights, and we point to the four Super Bowl losses sometimes when you think about the Bills but there were four AFC championships that you won. we got to shout that out. Um, when you look back at your playing days, all those years, um, what are some of your memories? You know, obviously, the Super Bowls, playing on that, on the biggest stage. When you think about some of the guys you played with or played against, what stands out about those playing days?
2: Oh, man. Uh, I mean, it's so, you know, it, it, it's so much. I mean, I don't... You know, just once again, you know, obviously the the biggest thing playing on those teams. You know, you have a group of guys that were were very talented. We had a very talented team, you know. And, and we were speaking. I think when we lost you, uh, we were speaking. Uh, I was saying that even though, you know, as a competitor, you know, as a football player, you're competing at the highest level. You know, you're 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 at the your utmost peak as far as competitiveness because of the nature of the sport. I mean, it's a it's a crazy sport in which you know you, you know we make analogies to war. Sometimes you make analogies to, I mean it's everything. So uh, I say that to say the those Super Bowls are big, and the Super Bowl losses are big too. Those those are those are some of the things you do focus on as a competitor. You know you're always trying to as a competitor, as a player you're always trying to be better than you think you can be. You're always trying to push yourself to the utmost. Uh, and so you know, you always wanted to win, and you always wanted to win a Super Bowl. And so that that sticks out in our mind, both negatively and positively. More, you know, positively, obviously, but negatively too, because uh, you sometimes you think about it and you wish, man, we should have did this or we could have did that. Not on a game, not on a, a game or play level, but it's more of how maybe some of the things we could have done to ensure that we win one or two of those Super Bowls. So that kind of sticks out on a negative side. But positively, you know, all the great guys that I played with, you know, all the, all the, you know, we had a lot of fun. You know, you're playing, you're young, you're a kid, and, uh, you know, we come in, I go to Buffalo and you win. You know, we go to the Super Bowl my first year. So you you kind of think, man, this is,
1: you know, this is great.
2: This is this is what the NFL is all about, you know. But then we'd have veterans. I'd have some of those veterans like Darryl Talley, line, the great linebacker. He told me, that, Son, don't 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 think this happens all the time. Trust me. Don't think. Don't get it. Don't get it twisted. Don't think this happens all the time. And then we go to the next Super Bowl. The next year we go. And Then he say the same thing. And then we go to the next. Oh, well, that 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 was fun. Just having that memory. I haven't talked to him in some years, but uh, if I, uh, next time I see him, I, I'm gonna remind him of that because he would remind us every year that it doesn't happen, and every year we would go to the Super Bowl or just ideas, some of the characters you have on some of the teams uh, throughout the year. I mean, I have so many memories, uh, you know, great memories that, that we, you know, often talk and share with. I have some good friends now that I've stayed in contact with. You know, obviously when you're on a team of 60, 70 guys, you're, you're not uh, friends with everyone, you know, but I do have three, four, five guys that I still stay in contact with and still consider, some of my best friends that uh, we stay in contact with and uh, sit and joke and, and, and laugh about things that happened back in the day. So, uh, no, I had some great time and, and great, great memories uh, of, of playing, you know, both with the
0: Bills and, and with other teams as well. Now, I want to talk about the Redskin days, um, but real quick, one nice question about those Buffalo Bill days, especially after that first Super Bowl. I mean, we all know, or most of us, or a lot of us know about the wide-right field goal. Um, that you guys were so close. Now, to me, what's admirable is that you guys stuck together and got back after that because you could think, you know, a team would turn on themselves when you, you know, there could be a lot of this division there having gotten so close to winning and then coming up short just a field goal. Talk about that after that particular game and how that team managed to stay together and come back and compete for more Super Bowls.
2: Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, really, that that was a talented team. You know, those Buffalo Bills, you know, and obviously having really nothing to do with me way before I got there. That that, that team was a a talented team. They had some uh, very talented – you're talking Bruce Smith, Darryl Talley, uh, Jim Kelly, Thurman Thomas. You know, those guys are are in the Hall of Fame. Uh, uh, Darryl Talley should be. uh, he, He doesn't get the recognition that he deserved, but he was one of the greatest linebackers to ever play the game. I played with the guy. I may be biased, but I I saw him go to work every day, and he he doesn't get the mention out. But then there's other guys. I mean, we had a lot of talent on those teams. You know, a team is made up of 50, 60 guys, you know, considering everyone, Uh, and and we had a a lot of talent on that that team. And and what happened is that we had a coach who, uh, Mark Levy, who not only drafted and brought in talented guys, but he brought in self-motivated guys. And and once again, I I spoke about how I was taught that never get out of shape. These guys would work out all the time. After practice, our practices weren't hard, you know, because they believed in keeping us fresh and and being able to run and keep us going. So we didn't have the hardest of practices, which, you know, obviously I appreciate that. That might have led to some, some of my longevity, really, but, our practices weren't really hard, but they were fast. We ran, we we moved a lot, like we 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 kept it moving, really fast. And once again, going back, the guys they 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 would always say the biggest mantra was "Do not get out of shape, stay in shape, so you can play." Uh, and and that, so those teams were not only fast teams, gifted teams, but and and we're we're pretty much together, you know. After that first Super Bowl loss, nobody got down on. You know, everybody realizes in a game, you know, not just a a kick can win the game, but there's other plays throughout That's those games yeah. that can uh, that causes that last kick to be needed. You know, it, it, you know there was numerous plays defensively. I remember we didn't stop a receiver. It was third and, you know, third and long, and we allowed a receiver to you know, to break two or three tackles to get, but nobody remembers that. Everybody remembers the wide, right? You know, had we stopped
0: them,
2: had had we stopped this receiver on third and 12 or 15, whatever it was, they don't get their field goal that was the difference in the game that we missed the field goal. You know, so things like that. So everybody understood that, uh, you know, so that's why no one ever really got down on anybody with the kicker or anyone else that happens in in any of those Super Bowl games. And, and, you know, so – we stayed together, obviously, like, uh, on that level. But then, once again, the talent. You know, we, we had so much talent on those teams and that we were able to, to rule the, the AFC, you know, the AFC West. I mean, East as well as the AFC in general. The AFC West uh, was a big challenge for us with Kansas City. I remember we played Kansas City. We played uh, Kansas City in one of the championship games. We played the Raiders in championship game. I think we played Kansas City twice. In the, oh, and then obviously we played Miami in one of the championship game, AFC championship games. But, um, you know, it was like, once again, just going back to the talent on those teams and the self-motivation of the guys on those teams, uh, that's what allowed us to keep coming back, keep coming back. We just, um, once again, just couldn't put it all together at the end. And, uh, you know, at some point, you know, after three or four years, and the league had started to change with uh, free agency, uh, that call it caused the disbanding of that team, but it was a great team and I had some great fun playing on it and uh uh and once again great memories.
0: Awesome, awesome. Then you end up with the Washington Redskins and before I ask you about those days and your transition to life after football, I gotta ask you about the Redskins name change. Um, what is your take on that? I'm just curious. You're a former Washington Redskins.
2: Mhm. You know, I, I, I believe, what I think is, um, I think that if there should be some type of poll, I think in this day and age, I think we can kind of get a a feeling of what, if Native Americans, you know, the, the name obviously goes back in history, whether it's good or bad, of the name or, or what have you, depending on what you read and what you hear. Some say it's good, some say it's a slight, so, you know, some, you know, you... There was a letter from Daniel Snyder that went out you know saying that he polled uh, that I think Native Americans maybe had helped come up with the name, or just some different things yeah, different thing yeah. you hear yeah, you, you hear different things. but I say this: I would say once again, there's some way we could take a poll of, of of Native American tribes that are still here or and if they decide if they as a group think that um, the name should be changed, it should be changed, because according to some, some people, you know, that say that Native American groups, some Native American groups or tribes, look uh, look at it as a name of pride, you know, so and and I don't know. You hear both sides, both sides of the story. I'm not close to it, close enough to know the true facts. But I would say, once again, if the majority of uh, of Native American tribes or, or peoples, I think that it should be changed, and it should be changed. You know, I think, you know, if they think it's a slight, if they think it's a, it's a, a, a racial, then I think it should be changed because I think, uh, you know, we shouldn't keep around something that if, if people feel disrespected, you know, whether it's a large group or a small group, if they feel disrespected, and I think it should be changed. But I don't think it's up to us. I, I would leave it. Up to obviously the owner of the of the Redskins, but then of those uh, of those uh, remaining tribes and, and peoples, you know, the people who are, are mostly effect, closely affected. Because if it is if it does call if it if it is a form of disrespect, then I think it should be changed. And if they feel that way, then I think it should be changed. Really,
0: I appreciate, I appreciate you weighing in on that. What do you remember about uh, before we move into life after, off the field? Um, your Redskins days and your Kansas City Chiefs days. What do you want to say about that? Oh, I mean, I, I, I
2: had, um, you know, number one, my my Redskins, and that's fun. out here. you know, I, I loved. You know, I came, I came here uh, as a free agent in nineteen ninety five, and I've been here ever since. You know, so that tells wow. you how much, I, how much I love the city and love, you know, I, I'm from Los Angeles, and uh, you know, you you're uh, as a free agent. I was looking around different teams. I visited Denver, I came here. I was supposed to go to uh, after leaving here on the on the free agent trips. I was supposed to go to uh, Carolina and then uh, New England. We had a trip scheduled. But I ended up coming here, and I uh, ended up staying here. you know I thought um, at that time, North Turner, who was uh, who was the head coach, at one time, he was the previously he had been the offensive coordinator for the Dallas Cowboys uh, throughout their rebuilding stage from coming from uh, a 1-15 one in, one in 15 team all the way up to uh, winning the Super Bowl. Uh, so he came here and became the head coach here. So I figured, me thinking, shows you how smart I am, I'm thinking, hey, well, he's going to get there <laughs> in Washington and build a team such as the team they built in uh, Dallas because he was there through the building stage from 1-15 all the way up to two-time Super Bowl champ. At that time, they had won two against us, my Buffalo Bills. So, I'm, you know, logically I'm thinking, okay, well, he's going to build that team up like they did in Dallas. Well, you know, I was a little bit, a little bit mistaken. I mean, we had some talent. We did have uh, uh, some good players, and we finished a game away from the playoffs twice during my four years here in Washington. But uh, it just never materialized, and uh, I think he he just never became the head coach that we thought he would be. He's a great guy, you know, very good offensive mind, offensive coordinator would have been, you know, and even a head coach, he was decent. But as uh, you can see here, his remaining tenure here, then in San Diego and some of the other places, he never really kind of was able to put it all together. But, uh, you know, but I had a great time here. You know, I love the city. I came here, uh, you know, coming from Los Angeles, and, you know, Unfortunately, sometimes us LA people we think there's nothing like LA, and we never leave it, and, and we're gonna be there forever. And the city of sunshine and Hollywood, and you know, you get all that stuff. But I came here and fell in love with the city. Uh, you know, I, I would, uh, you know, and, and like I said, it's it's home now, and it's it's been home since since '95. You know, uh, and uh, you know, just playing for the team. We have some great team, uh, great talent. You know, I play with guys like Brian Mitchell and and there Dar- and uh Darryl Green and, and loads of talent. Ken Harvey. A lot of guys, a lot of talent and and, and great fun. We had uh, great fun here, great great memories of, of my teammates here. You know, each team takes on a, a different a different culture, a different personality and we have some we have some good teams here. And uh, you know, I enjoy, you know, playing here and uh, once again I enjoyed the city and living here. Thus that's why I'm still here. So uh, and the same as Kansas City, had a great time. Each stop, each stop you go, you know, you have some great guys on the teams. You know, you don't, uh, you know, you're not friends with everyone on a team. You know, there's once again 60, 70, 80 guys depending on the practice squad and all this stuff. But you not you don't you end up being friends with everyone, but you meet some great guys, some great friends. Some of your closest friendships, some of my closest friendships, uh, once again, are some of the guys from Washington. Some of my guys from uh, from Kansas City, and some obviously going back to my Buffalo Bills days. You, you still keep and maintain those relationships throughout, and I still have those. But uh, uh, you know, I had a great time, had a great career, had a great time. We had great fun, and uh, uh, overall, uh, you know, I enjoyed it. Like I said, the only thing, my only, the only thing that sticks, in, 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 the only negative part is once again not winning one of those uh, those four Super Bowls. That that still, yeah. Yeah, that's gonna that's gonna bother that's gonna bother us, man. <laughs> It's going to bother
0: forever, for real. That one you're going to have to take with you. I, I'm sure it's got to gnaw at you. I've got to ask you about concussions. We hear so much about it. Um, do you have experience with them? And I know you have two daughters, and I know, fema- you know females do play football, Not, um, of course not with, with helmets on a the, the, the National Football League level. But let's say if you had sons, would you let them play football?
2: Yes, I, I would. I, I let him play. You know the concussion thing. It's, it's it's that's a long story, but you know to you know my view on it is that yes, it happened. I've had concussions. You know I I uh, you know it I, I, in in uh, my junior my 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 uh, junior year I think it was sophomore or junior I think it was my sophomore year actually playing the game we're at, I'm at UCLA we're playing I'm running down on kickoff. Uh, and I remember I'm running down on kickoff, play happens or whatever, and the next thing you know, so these are the memories I have. I'm running down on kickoff, and the next thing you know, I'm sitting on the bench talking to uh, Racine Keaton. He's uh, another linebacker, young guy. He was, he, was, he was younger than me. He was saying, you're up, you're up. He's telling me, you're up, meaning I'm, uh, it was my turn to go in. I couldn't – now, the last thing I remember is – running down on kick. Well, actually, the last thing I remembered when he said, you're up, was us getting on the bus from the hotel that we would stay in before games, going to the game. Wow. So he's telling me, you're up. It's like it's, a, it's like a flash. It's like a TV that comes on or a scene that comes on that switches. When he says, you're up, the only memory I had sitting on the bench next to him while he's telling me you're up is that we were getting on the bus going to the hotel. That was my first concussion. That was a that was a concussion. Now I played, and then later on we go back and look at film, and I played three or four plays before they realized that I had. They realized because I didn't even realize it yet that I had a concussion. You see what I'm saying? So,
0: wow. It,
2: it started, and that was the first one. So then I end up uh, I end up playing or whatever, and then. Probably about, I think, that game. I played I play some more in that game, but then they took me out. And then, once again, I have no memories of anything else, that, no memories of anything other than, other than what we saw on film of me playing in the game and not even remember remembering that I actually played those three or four plays. That's the only memories I have of that, and then of that game, of, of that whole scenario, of that game. And then uh, probably about three or four games later, I'm going in for a tackle on uh, on a tight end. I'll never forget. We're playing Fresno State. It's a tight end crossing my face. He's catching a ball, what we call a drag route, coming across the middle, and I'm going in to tackle him. And the next thing you know, I'm there. the next memory I have. I'm in the locker room, holding and my mother is rubbing my hand, saying, "Baby, are you okay? Are you okay?" Once again, another concussion. Then I see later that they had taken me off on a stretcher. I was knocked out. They took took me off on a stretcher. Yeah. So it happened, and and once again, and this was – I was going in to tackle a guy, and my own – Ken Norton, the the linebacker Ken Norton, he he comes and hits me from behind and knocks me out. So I say that to say, so they happen – no matter what, they've always been happening. They're they're always gonna happen, you know. But now I do see it. Now these guys, now it seems like, well, I should say now, in the sense that these last few years, guys were going for that big hit, that big ESPN highlight hit. They were yeah. purposely and 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 with trying to go in to tackle, using their head, trying to go in. We most of the time, like I said, it happened to us back in the day, but it was rare, I, I would think a little bit rare, because we tackled a little bit differently. We didn't always go in trying to tackle with our heads. You know, once again, I, I experienced two concussions, but we it wasn't even on tackles. You know, it was, it was just they're going to happen. My whole point was that they're going to happen, even if you tackle. Because after that, I stayed out a few games. I missed a few more games. Then after that, I never experienced a concussion. Now, I'll say this to you now. On that level, I never experienced a concussion ever again in my career until my last year, year 13 in the NFL, and probably like the last, my fourth or fifth, to last game against Denver I was playing. I got hit. A, a lineman came, peeled back, and tried to block me. We made head contact and I was knocked out for two or three plays. My coach looked at me and said, you ready to go? I said, yeah, I'm ready, and then I went back in. So from, uh-huh. from my sophomore year in college to my last 13, year 13 of probably five games to go, my last year, I, did experience, though I, I didn't experience any major concussion. Now let me go back and say, but on a smaller level, A concussion is is described as any time your brain concusses or hits the inside of your skull. So even Mm -hmm. in practice, we have many concussions, little small concussions, because it happens all the time. You're going to make contact. It's a fast-moving sport. You guys moving at 100 miles an hour, two bodies, masses, running into each other. Whether you make contact with your head purposely, like we see some guys try to do, and they're trying to get that out of the game, which is good, or whether you make contact with your body and slightly with your head, but it's just going to happen. There's going to be some rattling of the inside of your brain to the inside of to your skull, you know, your brain to the inside of your skull. It's going to happen. So, they're, unfortunately, they're out there. We do have to mitigate them. They do. I do like some of what the league is doing, try to mitigate it, try to lessen it by finding these guys. I think they're going overboard a little bit with the fines because some of the things some of the hits, some of the uh, uh, collisions aren't purpose, aren't on purpose. Sometimes right. guys do, you can't move your head. It's oftentimes it's hard to move your head out of the way when you have a guy, you're going in to tackle him at one hit level with your pad level at a certain height and your head at a certain height, and then this running back or wide receiver, whoever, it is, he moves or he ducks or he does whatever he has, so it may look like I tried to hit him with my head, but I right. didn't, you know, so – I think it, it, it's twofold. Yes, I do like what they're doing because, once again, I experienced them. I do know they're out there. They're going to happen. They're happening all the time at some form or fashion or some level, not major all the time. but So they are happening. But uh, uh, um, So I do like that they're trying to legislate them out the game. I like that they're trying to get them out the game. But I think that it comes at a price, and I think maybe sometimes we could, they go, you know, and speak, I'm speaking the NFL, they go a little bit overboard when you watch the games and you watch some of these hits. you know. But on an overall level, hey, it, it's for the betterment of guys, better it's for the betterment of the game. So, uh, you yeah. know, on an overall, if you're going to err, I guess I would err on the side of, of extreme caution.
0: And I appreciate you saying that and you saying, you know, hey, you know, there's a risk involved. Obviously, we play, a very, we play a very physical sport, and in that, there is a risk. And eventually, the league is now – I saw a, a story on Frontline. It was on PBS that with the pressure that everyone had to put on to the league in order to take a look at concussions. But in general, I, I would have to agree with you. The fact that now guys aren't allowed to just go right back out and, and play, and some of those precautions are helping. I appreciate you uh talking about that now let's talk about life after high school let's move on let's segue we got a few minutes left here I want you to talk about when you knew it was time to hang up the cleats and life after football for you you uh, obviously have navigated to become a successful uh, entrepreneur here in this area let's let's talk about that now when it was time to hang up the cleats and how you managed to transition into a successful career after professional school well well, well,
2: you know, you kind of start to feel, you know, when your body, you know, as a as a young as a youngster running around playing, you know, 22 year old rookie running around, you can play and hit all day. You can you can play a game and then you know go hang out and party and then come back tomorrow and play another game. You know, you could, but as you get older, as you get older, you feel, oh, and and as a young as a young rookie, first second year, I never got massages. People, you know, some of the older guys will get massages. I never got massages. When I was young. As you start to get older, you start. I'm starting to get two and three massages a week, you know, just wow. to try to massage that soreness. Out. So you kind of feel it. You kind of know that your body, you see it on film. You know, I, I played had a good still my last year. still a great year to start play. But uh, you can kind of feel, you can kind of see that you're slowing down a little bit. You know, uh, your body starts to ache. You really, you know, playing, I was a linebacker, middle linebacker, and you really start to feel it. You know, you really start to feel the aches and pains where, you, you know, you play a game and, you know, it's literally, you hear it, but it's no exaggeration. It's hard to get up that next day. You know, you can get up. You, know, it's, 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 it, you can get up do what you got to do, but it, it, it's hard. You feel it. You know, in my body, I remember the last couple years, the last year specifically, that your body doesn't start to recuperate Till probably about Thursday or Friday, you you, you don't start yeah. to feel fresh again till Thursday or Friday and ready to play again. Whereas before, you know, and you, you're going through the whole week, you're going through the whole week of practicing. You know, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. You're going through the whole week of practicing, and your body's still sore from the previous game. So you start to feel it. Yeah, you, know, you start to know. You start to feel it. You're like, hey, you know, I played. Eleven years, on oh, that may be enough. I played twelve years, okay. Maybe thirteen years. All right, you know, you start to feel it. You start to know. Did
0: you know you wanted to be a business owner? How, how did you segue into uh, forming Lucky's and um, All American? Tell us about that because they're they're successful. You're thriving. Well, we're just doing okay. You
2: know, business is business. You know, uh, you know the American business. You can be up, you can be doing well one day and be out of business yeah. the next. But yeah, we're, we're you know, so we always you know, got to keep that in mind. Well, we're doing fine right now. You know, uh, we're doing fine. I, I just, you know, I was, we were speaking earlier. I think when you were off, um, it started off, you know, the restaurant business started off as an investment, you know, just really investing in, with guys that um, that knew the restaurant business. I had no no idea about restaurants or anything. So I started off with uh, investing with guys that were doing it and then ended up, you know, having to, get, you know, hands-on and starting to run the business as well. It's just kind of evolved. It's really an evolution. You do, you don't really know. Some guys know exactly what they want to do when they get out. You know, I didn't I, – I should probably should have. I didn't go back to law school or go to law school like maybe I should have. So, you know, I decided to get in the business. And it's one of the business ventures that I've, I've done, the restaurant business, once again, starting off as, as an investment, then kind of evolving into actually running and, and trying to open up more stores, Uh more, more restaurants, and um, you know, just kind of, it really just becomes, it really becomes an evolution of of your your career, your your post football career. It really becomes an evolution. You get involved, try your hand at a few different things, uh, and then kind of evolve into something that you uh, end up doing and, and making a career. It's ever changing. I, I think yeah. you know, in, in, any any other business opportunities or. Anything that comes about, you know, you probably dabble in, into that as well. You know, I, I did some real estate. I was involved in real estate, condo conversions, and, and uh, you know, I still have some investment properties, a couple. So it's it's kind of really an evolution more so than, you know, something that you say, hey, this is what I want to do, uh, exactly what I want to do when I finish planning. You know, and, and it's more, more, once again, more of an evolution than that
0: yeah we definitely want to have you back on again Marcus, so you can talk more about the venture that you and your wife have with girls like math and um, how can people contact you? I know you have a heart for the community and you go out and you speak to you. Do you have an email or anything or any way that somebody can contact you if they want you to come and uh, partner with them, whether it's speaking engagements or anything like that
2: Well, yeah um. You can contact me through uh, you know through any of our restaurants. We have uh, you know our our Facebook page at um, Lucky Sports Theater and Grill, uh, you know AllAmericanSteakhouse dot com or my dot com. Mark markets at girlslikemath dot You know somebody can contact with me, uh, uh, get in contact with me. Uh, but yeah, yeah, you know I, I hmm. often you know do some things, so I, I wouldn't have a problem at all.
0: And that what they heard today, that passion that you talk about, you know, uh, to motivate others, I think you helped, I believe you helped a a lot of people today, and you took us, you gave us an inside look at what it takes to operate at such a high level. Hey, Marcus, thank you for being on, man. I do appreciate it. It's a blessing.
2: All right, thank you. I appreciate it, and and, uh, I'll be talking to you soon.
0: Absolutely, man. You take care. Bye-bye. Hey, Mike, we had a great show, buddy.
1: Yeah, man, that was intense, man. Wow. And um, I'm glad he clarified that concussion thing. I didn't realize it was more than just getting knocked out, the memory piece. Oh, man. Yeah, and, and they talk about the need for, you know,
0: stopping it earlier with, with, you know, some of our younger athletes. It's not always the big hits that you see. Some of those small, you know, constantly, you know, banging up against one another that, really, that they're really, really concerned about.
1: Wow. Well, that was a great show, Mike. I'm looking forward to uh, next week.
0: Yeah, next week's going to be awesome. We have uh, Mr. Ted Fells, who's the CEO of Nucor Vision, and I'm telling you, he's going to inspire our audience to look at their inner entrepreneur. We want to help people that want to uh, move out into the world of business. But as always, we thank you for joining us this week. Have a it's great week.